complete chit chat. I am Turch, and with me is my co-host, the CEO, the man that asks another man to put a coaster to put his drink on the couch. It's Kieran. <laughs> How are you, buddy? <laughs> I am. Uh, well, actually, uh, I know we've got a guest on, but uh, I'm miserable because I got woken up at 7 a.m. this morning because someone had lost their uh, their AirPods and accused me of stealing their AirPods, and I didn't. Well, you know, bring it in for the next show for the next rant. I, and I've been milking it all day. <laughs> and, and with we'll us. And, and I'm, just so you know that I'm getting a $15 Ferrero share milkshake delivered at uh, some point in this podcast <laughs> as, as tribute for the, the disturbances of the morning wake-up call. Sorry, can, anyway. As you can see, we are the most professional show on, on the internet. And with us today, a very special guest. We've been wanting to have someone who is part of this community on the show for a very long time. Today we have Cadre on the show, and he is a fairy living in Australia. So, Cadre, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, guys. It's, uh, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Uh, <clears throat> It's been, it's been, it's a lot nicer talking to you over, like, even just, uh, in, like, via words, rather than trying to go back and forth on Twitter DMs. It doesn't feel, it never feels real on Twitter, where you try to talk to people, like, even when we were just having a bit of a conversation before on Skype, it was a lot easier. (laughs) It's, uh, so easy to lose track of Twitter DMs. Mm. Exactly right, exactly right. Well, like I said, uh, um, Cadre sounds Australian. He is Australian. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Which, yes, plenty plenty of Australian first, don't worry about that. Wow. Well, look, well, look, Kieran and I, we've always been interested and fascinated by different subcultures within uh, the like, you know, within the zeitgeist and without, out of the zeitgeist uh, of the general population, I guess. And fairies are sort of, I reckon, right in between being, um, like, people know, either people know about them, people don't know about them, or don't know exactly what they are. And to be honest... The more stuff you sort of try to look at and and stuff uh, go into, the more I, I sort of learnt a lot and I sort of uh, was didn't understand a lot. I think Kieran's about the same. There's uh, there's definitely a broad spectrum of uh, of what being a furry means to yeah. everyone in the fandom. Yeah, so, so let's just start off with a nice easy one. Hopefully, nice easy one anyway to lead us in. What um what does what is a furry in your um, in your mind, what does a fairy mean to you? Um, that's gosh, that's that's broad. Um, that pretty much anyone that you know, sort of self-identifies as uh, basically an anthropomorphic animal. That's a mm-hmm. um, oh, here comes the milkshake. Here comes the milkshake. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we could have started five <laughs> minutes later, but we had to be unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> I gave I gave a warning that the milkshake was coming. Um, look, I think this might be the time to plug this. Tonight's podcast is proudly brought to you by Dr. Donuts. That's Dr. Donuts in Laverton, Melbourne, in the lockdown city of Melbourne. And you can get a $15 shake. That is a Ferrero Rocher milkshake. Yes, I know it is a lot of money, but it is bloody worth it. <laughs> So back to furries. Um, <laughs> so what does <laughs> God damn it, Kieran? Um, so what does a furry mean to you, uh, Cadre? 
Um, it's basically anyone who sort of chooses to identify that way. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a, a suit or not, if you have any art or not, if you identify personally or just have characters. Um, it's just sort of about making friends and getting along in the community. So we're not talking about, you know, hairy men, right? Who <laughs> no, no, but you know, we're not talking about small, step. hairy men who go, you know, I've got a lot of hair on me, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm a furry. Uh, no, but you, you'd be quite popular with some of the furries for that particular trait, big, big hairy men. <laughs> what about short hairy men? I'm, I'm in that category. <laughs> uh, so when you mean to identify as a, um, as a fur type character, what, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, uh, like, are we talking, and like, obviously we're not talking about human being, like, you know, we're talk, talking about the Italian community in Melbourne. We're talking about <laughs> animals in particular, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Um, so every, everyone sort of has starts out with <clears throat> an animal that they like, mm. um, and it's basically. I mean, yeah, you have um, people that like it's. It's what it's called feral. Um, it's you know animal quadra quadrupedal animals that are able to speak, think, and interact with the world, sort of like people. But you have anthropomorphic animals, which are animals um, in human form, which you might be familiar with, like um, you know Zootopia. They're anthropomorphic okay. animals, like, like, yeah. like almost like a Bugs Bunny type character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. that's correct. Yeah, that's Amazing. And your character? How did you like? What is your character that you um, identify with? I've I've hovered around Fox for, God, it's twenty three years now. Wow. <laughs> October thirty first, nineteen ninety seven. That was when I first saw. I don't know if you're into uh, the video games much. Uh, first saw Lilat Wars uh, on the Nintendo sixty four. That was in, in, your main character is Fox from Star Fox, an anthropomorphic fox. Yeah. And I was ten, yeah, ten years old then, and that was just such a. I want to be all about that moment uh it was just like a, a landmark moment where that's like that's so cool that's what i want that's what i'm interested in and that's it but i mean there was interest before that if you look back at sort of the 90s um kids shows animated shows they're just absolutely rammed full of uh of anthropomorphic animals both you know like animals of farthing wood in animal form um and then things like the legends of treasure island um all obviously your looney tunes cartoons as well <clears throat> um they're just it's just everywhere so october 31st 1997 you go you, you see this this fox character Mm-hmm. And and basically, I'm summarising here, so you can correct me. But you go, wow, this is pretty cool. Now, I'm assuming you're a kid at the moment, at 1997. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Did you know? Was it something like kids like to play characters? I'm sure there was points where I was like, oh, I want to be Daffy Duck for the day, or Bugs Bunny, or I'm going to play. <laughs> like that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Or Donkey Kong. But this sounds like it was a little bit different. Um, this sounds like you were like like, whoa, this is. This is something that, like, I don't yeah, know how to, how to put well, this in words, but like, whoa! Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely like a watershed moment. Like, because I remember the reason why it's so specifically October thirty first is because it was Halloween and we were going out trick or treating, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to stay back and play this game and watch more of this character or characters as well, because there's, there's obviously more of them. And then when I played. Um, Smash Brothers, that just sealed it. Like, you can play as Fox and move around as Fox and see how he moves as, like, a, a human with 
like animal physiology. It's like that just sealed the deal for me. <clears throat> and behind all that, the character of Fox um, from Star Fox itself is that is it the commonality between those traits that you looked up to as well, or is it more just the personification of a fox in a human form? Um, it starts out as as just the sort of personification. Um, that's where it differs for many people. Um, as sort of time goes on and you mature and it becomes part of your life and you're sort of able to understand it more and definitely a big part is meeting other people who are into it as well Mm. Um, because this was before you know internet was pretty common and widespread in Australia at least Um, you felt pretty isolated for a, a fair amount of time um, so, and then... so we're talking something a little bit different. I went to Comic Con once, mm-hmm. and that you one know, people experience. Were, <laughs> people were dressed up, and I was like, "All right, I, I could dig this." I was there to see Shatner, and I saw Shatner, and and that was great. Um, but you're sort of saying it's it's something you know you're you're wanting to to be a fox, and you're wanting to meet other people that are that are digging animals a bit more than just you know your annual Comic Con convention. Yeah, see, that's the thing about, like you mentioned Comic-Con, and obviously you've had a a little bit of exposure to furry cons and things like that. Um, When it comes to to fur cons, everything that is there is individualized. It's something that the people have created themselves. Mm. I, I don't mean to be insultive or dismissive but if you go to like a trek con or something like that everything there is derivative of um the creators and uh, like i said i'm not writing that down or anything like that but that's very much its own universe furry it's it comes from inside out um mm-hmm. if, if that makes any sense to you it's all it's all creator driven and there's you know five ten thousand people attending some of these cons or everyone with their own story and their own character and experience so you've been developing this character of a, the amp, you know yourself as a fox, I guess, for t- twenty three years. Uh, obviously, your initial base point was that fox character from from Star Fox and Smash Brothers and all that. How does that? De- how do we? How do we go forward and develop into the the Card Drake uh, persona, you know, uh, fox character that we see today? Um, well, personally for me, like, and I say this is not, uh, this is, isn't what everybody does, but you identify various characteristics with an animal that you might identify with yourself. Like, um, foxes I see as fairly wily, resourceful creatures that are able to survive in the roughest of, of circumstances and can get by, um, can get by, you know, doing just about anything um they're a mix of social and antisocial um they um they can be um uh, what's the word um helpful cunning yeah um altruistic um in terms of yeah in terms of um how they raise their young with family packs and things like that um and just various things identify um that i identify with myself yeah and obviously like you know i was just about to say like uh, foxes are part of the dog family and you know dogs have a very close relationship with like family and then um share things around and very protective pack animals yeah, exactly right. Is that something you identified not only with yourself, but the family that was around you, you know, growing up? Um, no, my, my my family is not particularly cool. <laughs> we might we might go into that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, fairies are very much a um, fairies like particularly um, back then. I'm not sure what it's like now because 
you know, it's another generation underneath me in terms of age and every experience and everything like that. Um, it was very much a recluse outcast sort of thing back then. It was absolutely, you know, the cream of the nerd crop, if that makes, if that makes sense. Um, so it was a way of um, sort of retreating and meeting other people that just kind of got what it was about and didn't judge or make fun of you for it. Like I was, I was pretty badly bullied at school and had a, <clears throat> a relatively hard upbringing. So it was a nice way to sort of escape things, I guess. Mm. There's definitely an element of escapism in there. And yeah. um... so you're, a, so you're a fairy. Cause what's, what's interesting. So you're identifying, you know, you're growing up, stuff's happening, you know, you're saying bullied and, and tough life. And you're, when, see, so, Nowadays, kids can just go on the internet and sort of find a fairy and go, oh, like, that's cool. I like that. I'm going to start following people and I've got role models and and I'm going to start getting into that world. That wouldn't that wouldn't have happened back then. So how did you, like, when was your first fairy, no, fairy? Um, <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> uh, like, convention, meetup, hangout. Well, the first time that you interacted with another fairy on, uh, on I guess, in social, on internet basis, and then we'll talk about the, like, you know, first time you meet up in person. Oh, internet basis would have to be sort of 2000, 2001, um, around then. So, like, up until then, it's very much an experience of what is what is this thing that I'm feeling? Is there anyone else excuse me, that, uh, that that feels those things. Is there anyone else out there that likes them? It's a pretty isolating thing to start out with, um, <clears throat> which is a little bit odd, I guess, if it's a way of sort of dealing with things that it further isolates you from the world that you're in, the people around you. Um, yeah, it was... Were you, were you going to school going, I want to play as a fox all the time? Or, I, you know, I, I've got to wear my school uniform, but I'd prefer to be dressed as a fox? Like, what's... I guess I'm just interested to know what's sort of going on going on there. Uh, there's definite sort of imagining aspects of things like that, like uh, liking to picture yourself uh, as, as that physical form for sure. Um, and I, it, like I say, it's a bit of escapism. It's a way of kind of dealing with things, I guess. But it, there's a definite appeal in um, imagining yourself like that. Um, but it's not like a, you know, get down on all, all fours and start barking and peeing on things or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what was the first, so on the internet, it was 2000, 2001, you sort of said, it was the first time you made a connection with other furries. Um, was it Australia based or overseas or just, you don't really know, it was just sort of something you came across and it's like, yeah, I'm going to start talking to more of these people in this community. Um, the majority of furs that you meet online are in the United States. That's mm -hmm. where the sort of um, weight of the, the furry population is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'd sort of class myself as sort of second or third generation, if you want to look at look at it like that. Like, furry's been around since, mm -hmm. ooh, well, you know, obviously it goes back in fables and fairy tales, hundreds of years, that sort of thing. But <clears throat> in the popular sort of modern culture, you're looking at late 60s, early 70s. Uh, if you're aware of Fritz the Cat or Albedo Anthropomorphics. Yeah, so I watched a doc, uh, I guess a documentary part anyway by, what's his name, um, Frederick, like down the rabbit hole. He did a whole yeah, yeah. sort of thing about that. Oh, yeah, I was going to recommend that to you, but yeah. You, yeah, you yeah, that's one of the things I watched, and that sort of sparked my interest of like trying to talk to someone that was part of that community. So, yeah, so the Fritz the Cat was the first thing, and that was about the like mid to late 60s and then into the 70s. Seems like the 80s was when the fursuits sort of come around um, in that sort of, in that sort of yeah, regard. Yeah, that's 
Ferries started, um, you know, sort of the original ferries started up um, using Usenet, like, you know, prehistoric internet based on, you know, um, military project stuff. And there were actual, you know, paper and pen mailing lists and everything like that. Like people wrote letters to each other, but you sort of had to be in the know to start out with that, I guess. That's like early 90s sort of thing. Um, and it's it's interesting to see the <laughs> you, you, you I don't know you might have come across the the term grey muzzles, the 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 elders in the community. No, um, no. <laughs> that's the terminology for them. <laughs> Enlighten. Oh, they're just like older fairies that are you know probably now approaching forties or fifties. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that basically set up the framework for all all the community today. Mm. <clears throat> Amazing. And when was the first time that you uh, met another person, uh, part of the very community that was not in on an, like you know in person? Um, probably two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh, so not um, too around... far after. Like, I mean, we're talking within a ten year span of you going. Yes, this is what I really like to be able to find someone um, in person to talk to. I guess that's, that's a you know for a, a subculture that wasn't really. You know, not a, had didn't have a big notoriety at that point in time. Yeah, it's um, it just came it came around through you know as the internet got more and more pervasive um, and easy to access in everyday life. Um, and it's very is like it's a massive social network. So someone will go, oh, I know someone in Perth, and then they introduce you, and everything just spreads like that. Everyone has friends everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a very much a community-based thing. Yeah. There's no well, there are there are message boards and sites where you can go to to meet strangers, but I feel it's done more through friend of a friend sort of thing and introductions like that. Yeah. And that's that's how I met the the first ferry in Perth that yeah. I got I, uh, I got in contact with, and you start to have um, and they were having weekly meets, and they were drawing ten to twelve people, and the bigger ones would take about thirty people in or something like that around there. And and what do you do at a weekly meet? Oh, where I, do you meet? Where do you meet as well? Um, usually, you have a, a like a pretty regular meeting place at someone's house. Um, yeah. um, usually out, you know, renting their houses or things like that. They that have their own place, um, and you just go and hang out most of the time. Um, like it, in costume? No, not at not at that point because <laughs> that was that was pretty early on. Um, <clears throat> Some people did have suits and things like that. A lot of people sort of make their own and start out doing things that way. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say suiting is is done as a common or regular thing because um, there's, there's a bit of hassle and prep work and set up to it. Um, but it's it's just like sort of going and hanging out with people that you can feel safe with because the majority of furries are, um, you know, LBGTIQ um and there's not much support or representation for that at that particular time it's a little bit better now perhaps um for some for some segments of the the queer community yeah. um yeah there are still segments that are pretty um fairly discriminated against but it was just it's just a safe place with like-minded people um you do art jams and things like that like go and draw and share your art with um other people and just play games and watch movies and have a few drinks together yeah. Out of curiosity, do you um are you do, do you fall into that category of the LGBTQIA community yourself? Yeah, I'm I'm nothing particularly complex. I'm 
well, that's that's sort of changed in in the, in the past few years. I identified as um, as gay, but my um, my my long term partner at the time, we were together for six years. You know, and she was a well, yeah, female. <laughs> so, but it, that sort of um, plays Elton, around. But Elton John did that, so you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, I, I'd say I'm more sort of um, demisexual, if you're aware of of what that means. Uh, you know what? I, I I don't really have an idea, and I don't think Kieran has any idea. So it, any help um, with that sort of word would be great. <laughs> it's, it's more about um, having an attraction to a person, regardless of their gender. Like I can, I don't find it easy to be um, physically intimate with anyone I've just met or someone off the street. I don't favor a gender. It's it's the the person that I'm attracted to, and I'm able to um, build a bond and trust and a relationship and and be intimate with them that way. But most of the the track record is leaning towards gay. <clears throat> but that's not because I'm avoiding women or um, you know put off by them or anything like that. It's just um, the major that is, that is one definite thing is the majority of the the people in the furry fandom are male. Yeah. I was gonna say yep. just avoid women, mate. I got a fiance. Jesus Christ, sometimes. <laughs> and I put my foot in it the other day because I, um, I said that uh, she, she said, well, she said that she looked terrible, and I agreed. Um, that's a that's an amateur move. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, look, I was just look. I may have added value to that statement of hers. Uh, she listens to the podcast. So I'm sure I'll get a text message when she gets to this point. Uh, shout out to Sherry. Now, um, so from what I'm hearing uh, is it just sounds like you're a bunch of people hanging out. That's... But the, 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 but the, the, I guess they're not caveat, but um, the, the thing there is you've got this, you've got this interest which society is still, I think society is probably a bit better now, but especially back then was just like, Oh no, you can't, you can't like, you know, you're, you're what you're 15, you're 20 years of age or something like that. Maybe it's not age appropriate to get into what this might be considered kid stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah. And you, and you sort of, you've got these common interests, but you more or less, you've just found each other and you're hanging out, which sounds bloody awesome. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I, when you say, um, introverted community i wouldn't necessarily call it that it's that sort of implies a little bit of of gatekeeping it's very welcoming and accepting of new mm. people but you sort of it's one of those things where you kind of have to know what you're looking for um if you want to find it yeah. <clears throat> yeah so with that first meetup or you know proper meetup with a with a 10 to 15 or you know up to 20 people 30 people in the room and you're talking to people in this and that. Did you discuss, yep. like, you know, do you go up to people and go, hey, you know, when you start talking to them, do you discuss your personas with other people? Like, why, you know, like like you said, you, um, you know, you and the, the, the Fox character from Star Fox, that really resonated with you, and that's why you've carried on that character. When you talk to other people, do they do the same same sort of thing? Yeah, most people, that's a it's a pretty common level of... Uh, of entry-level conversation with yeah. someone is talking about uh, how they see themselves, who they see themselves as. Um, Red Fox is kind of like, I think I think of it as like the training wheels for Sona. Yeah. It's probably the most common one that you start out with and then move on to something else um, because the foxes are one of the, the more um, portrayed animals in um, 
you know, mainstream sort of furry animation and movies and things like that. Foxes, ducks, um, ducks in particular, mice. Um, see, but you I, don't see too many of them. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked up duck because ducks don't really have... I guess maybe this is just outside of my, my thinking, but ducks have feathers, not fur. Yeah, yeah, Unless you're like fe- maybe Howard the Duck. Like anyone <laughs> I can sort of think of that might have fur. Well, he's got his. He's got other aesthetically challenging that's, problems. That's right. So, <laughs> so right. what is the weirdest animal that you heard someone take the persona of? Um, well, see, that's the thing. Right? There's there's different levels. Like people cross animals. Um, they do different hybrids of things. Um, but there's also people that just make up their own species. Um, like shark octopus, half shark. <laughs> Half octopus. Uh, look, I'm not going to say no to that because there's a fair good chance that that, that that there's something like that out there. But you get some pretty incredible art and designs of, of um, people who've just made up their own animal. And do you ever, out of curiosity, do you ever like meet someone and they're like, yes, I am a bear or whatever it is. And you go, mate, that's... That's I, I've known you. That's a gorilla. You, that is you, a gorilla. You not are a not bear. like that type of character at all. Like I, don't, I can never see you in that character. Does that happen at all? Um, not for me personally. Like I've, yeah. I've sort of learned to respect who people portray, like want to portray who they are. Mm. Like because because furs, you know, there's furries living on every continent of every race and every gender and every, you know, physical size you could come across. So it's very much a, you respect the identity of the person of, of who they choose mm-hmm. to be. <clears throat> Is there, and I'm taking this in a slightly different direction, a RuPaul's Drag Race of furries? <laughs> uh, in terms of what, like cross-dresses or like just oh. what? Just, you know, a, a show where you get competitors in and they've got to do challenges and they've got to go up the catwalk. Um, we could we could put this together. This sounds well, could be it. This and, and they, A would that also work? Well they do they at cons and things like that, you do have like fursuit shows and, and fursuit games which are incredibly f- amusing to watch like things you you basically just play kindergarten games like you know tunnel ball and and things like that because you've got no vision and no dexterity it's awesome to watch <laughs> see i would love to see it that'd be amazing so obviously you have a first suit i believe um i i've been i've had a friend kind enough to uh, to loan me their their old one while mine right. is being made i just uh i just sent off the duct tape dummy for it on thursday so Fantastic. hopefully so, within a... so first of all how do you i mean you know you, you do you help with the design obviously with the with these fursuits yeah so it's a pretty involved process and um it's something that um like 10 15 years ago your yeah. fursuit would cost you a thousand to twelve hundred fifteen hundred dollars us now it'll be 10 times that wow. um there's wow. um and the sky's the limit in terms of what you want to do um the design process um basically how i started out with mine is this is so you can have partial suits which are just basically head paws feet and tail or a full body suit um and then you can do body mods like have um digigrade legs like sort of dog legs if that makes sense Mm -hmm. so you have to do foam padding in particular areas to give that appearance um there's 
furs that like to have big bellies or other exaggerated parts of of the their physicality um big ears things like that wings wings are pretty wild to try and replicate um and then you get into sort of um like you could call it case mods like uh fiber optic and led lighting um cool suits involved because obviously it's a bit warm wearing an animal carpet the whole time so you can have full um, body cool vests that circulate coolant through and fans inside them to get yourself going but um, my mind was just like hey I'm thinking about doing this Um, these are the pictures of the particular animal that I quite like I've changed recently to a color morph of a red fox which looks fucking badass Um, it's a, a silver silver fox crossbred with a, a traditional red fox um so the points are black but then there's like vivid um orange highlights that come through and then i'll just say i'm after a full suit with just normal plantigrade legs and she's like yep cool um you do a payment plan well, i'm doing a payment plan because i'm poor and can't afford the seven and a half thousand us straight up <laughs> it's like 10, 10 grand us australian give or take right yep so um oh boy yeah, so uh, just been paying that since paying that off since December, yeah. um, and um, COVID's a for anyone out there. I tell you, COVID's a fantastic time to buy a fursuit because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the people who have queued up to buy them. There are some makers that have queues for commissions that are three or four years long. Oh jeez! Um, a, a lot of that has evaporated. Like I shopped around and and searched f- and sent inquiries for four or five different makers. Mm. Um, and then after the, the Corona stuff started happening, um, two of them emailed me back and said, Hey, everyone in my slot has vanished. Would you still want to take the commission on? So there you go. Even Corona is affecting the furry world oh, and wow. the furry economy. <laughs> so you so said, price... this is a work, this is a work of art. Yeah, it is. There's, you know, this is... there's a huge amount of, uh, of talent and skill that goes into creating them because I, I've been thinking about it a bit recently. I don't think there's any, I'm not sure there's anything else you could say where you, you dump that amount of money on someone through PayPal who you're probably never going to meet who has to make you a custom bodysuit when they can't be there to physically measure you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous act of, of blind faith and trust in the person. Oh, that's that's. I mean, I've worn a fancy dress costume before. Jeez, that's. Um... <laughs> I've seen you in a gorilla suit, buddy. It's not a good look for you. <laughs> it's um, you know, custom made would have been fantastic. Now, so you say you're borrowing your friend's suit at the moment. Is that another fox car costume or fox yes. dress suit? Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now, between uh, the two, I mean, you know, obviously it's not going to perfectly fit you, but it's going to be close enough, I would just assume. Out of curiosity, I mean, with this COVID time, one of the things that I would be worried about is that, you know, it might smell. How much do you spend on dry cleaning? Um, everyone sort of has their own um, <laughs> cleaning cleaning um, routine for these things. Yeah. Um, we're, we're actually pretty fortunate. The suit actually fits me really incredibly well. Um, <clears throat> which is, which is excellent. I mean, I, th- I think his is, I think it's seven or eight years old. So it's been around for a while. And that's the thing they degrade over time as well. They're, a, they're a finite thing that you, um, do have to renew at times. Um, generally the head, um, you just, um, uh, wipe out with isopropyl alcohol and ventilate really well. Yeah. Um, have to brush the fur pretty much after every outing um but there are as 
things get fancier and like 3D printing and microbial, uh, antimicrobial foam and things like that, you can do certain things to make them uh, um, a bit more long-lived. The the suit aspect themselves, like the bodysuit, um, <clears throat> most of them you can put in the washing machine on like a gentle cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't want to do it too often though. Um, oh, you... Gentle cycle. Yes. Yeah. Uh, inside out, general cycle, brush them down after ne- afterwards. Um, you can use I feel like Febreze. I should be getting some laundry tips from you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can use Febreze if you're caught in a pinch, but that does, um, it does degrade the, um, the base of the actual fur itself. So you will start going bald. Just a side topic. Mm-hmm. How often should I use Febreze on my clothes? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a fabric softener to put it in. Regular laundry. Just hearing, just hearing that you don't want to use Febreze too often. I'm like, hmm. Well, I haven't used Febreze in a good three years, actually. So thank you very much. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put you on blast here or anything like that. But that doesn't look like a ten thousand dollar hoodie you're wearing. So go nuts with Febreze. <laughs> uh, it's a very comfortable. Uh, the, la- the lady that makes your uh, suits in Vietnam, Kieran, when you go there, um, she'll tell yeah. you how often you should Febreze your suits. I think. I can't understand her. I, th- I think I think if no, you're having custom-made silk suits in Vietnam, you probably <laughs> want to be using them every twenty to thirty minutes. <laughs> now, uh, can we talk about something a little bit more? Uh, let's just use the word kinky because I don't know any of other. Uh, uh, are there people out there that are not part of the fairy community that go? I'm really like, uh, I'm really attracted to fairies, but I don't want to join the community. Um, in a sexual yeah. nature. That sorry, that they don't want to join the community in a yeah, sexual nature. Yeah, so do... they're just a regular person. What in a regular, you know, not part of the, not part of, sorry, not part of the, you know, not part of the fairy community. And they're just like, I'm really attracted. Let's call this to... person Turks. Yeah, and just, just for <laughs> simplicity's sake. Yep. And they go, you know what? I just want to get, you know, um, into a sexual position with a person that is a fairy with the suit on or whatever it is. Is that something that actually happens? Yeah, it's called furry adjacent. Furry adjacent. <laughs> so um, it's basically you have to be um, you, you're cool with the whole concept, and sort of importantly, like the furries are cool hanging out with you, like because when you open up to, to someone, you know, furries are safe haven for a lot of people. If you open up to someone that's not specifically into it, you do sort of open yourself up to. Um, you know, bad experiences and things like that. So you sort of have to, I guess, vet the person and see what they're sort of about. Kind of like how I asked you um, all those questions when, you know, you messaged me. Like, yeah. you, you sort of get a, get a feel for the person. Yeah, yeah, of course. Fair enough, fair enough. And are there, uh, within the furry community itself, are there, are there animals that are considered to be more erotic than others? Because I know that there's this, obviously a sexual aspect to furry, furrydom as well. Um, you could you could quite comfortably make the argument that the foxes are the more promiscuous species. <laughs> um, featured in a Ooh. featured yeah, <laughs> featured in a lot of stereotypes there that you know probably exist for a reason. Um, that's the main one though. Yeah. Um, I think I think otters like are the new foxes, but that might have that might have faded a little bit. These things come and go. And. Obviously, like you know, I was gonna say like there's no one out there being like a furry worm or a you know like like all these like non. Uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but I guess you know, uh, like there's no insect furries or you know no one's walking around as a spider or anything like that or any like there's no fish furries, are there? 
Um, you do get some sharks. Okay. Uh, some sharks and some whales. Um, it wouldn't surprise. Look, I wouldn't say no to anything that you're saying. There's definitely a few um, insects and spiders out there, but they get stylized for sort of anthropomorphic form, um, which is where you see some really cool designs. So pretty much anything goes, man. <laughs> Sounds. Uh, there's just so much. There's so much. Um, so when it comes to, I guess you know, your experiences within with, like, the. Oh, sorry. I feel like I should be presenting this with a slideshow, and I should have researched. <laughs> hey, well, look, it's one of those things we we talk. We try to get people on the show to talk about their experiences because their, you know, your experience is just a small part of a larger community, and yeah. it's better to go of your own experiences rather than just to, you know we can go online and find like a general overview. Uh, but your experiences. But we we want to go to the source. Yeah, exactly right. That's right. You know, Kieran, you got some questions? How, how, often, how often do you dress up as, like, how often are you in your fairy costume? Um, I'm in the honeymoon period where I'm all for it. <laughs> so, um, I... Down, wait, hang on, you're in Brisbane, aren't you? Uh, Sydney. Sydney. All right, so you're about to go into lockdown again. <laughs> and so you're going to be walking, so it's sort of like, you know, walking around the house nude. You know, you can take a shoot with the door open if no one else is in the house. <laughs> You're like, yep, you know, I'm I'm in my fairy costume and let's let's do it. Um, I one of the things that I really I really enjoy cooking. Mm. Uh, cooking is a really pleasurable thing for me. It's something that you can do to um, do to have fun with other people and and make them a nice meal. Um, I don't full suit when I cook, um, but I'll have like the paws and the head on, and I'll just usually have some um, earbuds underneath, and I'm just in totally my own well blasting some beats um and yeah how do you you pick things up with the paws on oh not with the paws most of the time not with the paws but uh, (laughs) wow that's amazing real the the, those listening to the audio church and i are are on video we both did like a closed fist together i'll do like a crab claw (laughs) (laughs) um there's uh, the main thing is the vision um, because it's essentially like looking through um, two cardboard tubes, like two toilet paper rolls um, with with mesh over the end. So is your um, suit like are the eyes where the eyes would be on the first suit itself, or are they located on a different spot of the of the mask itself? They're where the eyes are. So sort of what what you see is what you get. Yeah, okay. um, you get you get to be pretty good at learning how to do things just by feel and knowing where your hands are and things like I've become really good at cutting things <laughs> just by feel. <laughs> I was going to say, you would lose a lot of that peripheral vision, which is, is super important to, you know, walking around and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you do, you do lose nearly all your peripheral vision. And you said you're, you're part of the LGBT community. Um, are you, you've got a partner at the moment that you said, if I'm just remembering correctly. Are they part of that the furry community as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I couldn't be with someone who isn't part of that community. Right. It's such an integral part of, of who I am. And um, it's very rare. Well, I wouldn't say very rare. It's rare for me to have a normie friend, <laughs> like if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I have, you know, I have acquaintances at work I get along with, but there's a there's a distinct wall and mask between what I let them see and, and everything like that. But all the stuff we do, like hang out on the weekend and do things and go out during the week, it's all with all with furries. And so let's say Turch and I are on a road trip. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're like, hey, we're going to stop in Sydney. And we ring you up and we're like, hey, we're in the neighbourhood. And you say, come on over for dinner. Well, actually, A, would you say that? And then B, would you be in your like your furry costume? Oh, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to do that. that. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, I'd be happy to do that. <clears throat> Are the costumes heavy? Um, the um. Like, do, do I have yes. to go to the gym and start like doing weights again? So when I do put the suit on, it feels normal. Like, am I go? I have to go be like Goku and go to the the compression chamber and train in a hundred G just to get the strength to carry it around, or well, the regular person is pretty comfortable in it. You don't realize no. how short Turch is. He's <laughs> tiny, right? Um, there's a couple of things going on there. You kind of have to learn how to walk again because you're work- walking with big old animal feet. Yeah. So you sort of clump around and stumble into things. So, um, so these slippers do... aren't... aren't... <laughs> oh, oh, okay. What? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Just to let you're everyone half... know, I have like monster feet slippers there. They're very okay. warm. Hang on. Cadre, Cadre said interesting. Interesting, Let's... yes. I'm going to hand over, you know, your psychology expert now to Cadre. Continue analyze it, Turch, please. Well, that's uh, it's the slippery slope. You've already started, so just complete. I'm going to say, Cadre, um, I am Italian, so I'm very hairy. So I'm I'm sort of used to the hair. I think the just the giant head on top of my 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 regular head might be the one that's really going to draw the draw the line between the two <laughs> things. Well, the most- um, for the most part, uh, you just you need to be if you're going to go out in suit, mm. uh, you need to have a bit of stamina because yeah. um, even with basic heat gear on, um, it does get hot. Um, the head is a bit heavy, but once again, that depends on the design. Like if you have uh, like a, a caribou suit and you have um, sculpted antlers, not only do they add weight, but um, they catch the wind. So they're like big sails. <laughs> so so it's you wouldn't you try it, and then like by the end of the by the end of the half hour hour or so of doing like of doing a shoot or something like that, you're like, fuck, my neck is sore. And you said the that head- you, your current partner is uh, a fairy. You said that uh, so is your previous partners haven't been fairies. How was that reception been when you started to try to introduce that into the relationship? No, no, sorry, they, they've all been furries. Oh, my mistake, I, I, my mistake. So, when, uh, um, so I guess that my next question is going to be uh, a little bit more spicy. Um, does the fursuit or the fur persona move on from the regular, you know, going out with friends that are also furries into the bedroom setting? Uh, for me personally, it does. Yes. Um, it's not, not everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to put a figure on it. Um, because everyone's everyone everyone does their own thing, and that's not my place. Anecdotally, is fine. Anecdotally, <laughs> <laughs> for him, it's hundred percent. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely a mindset thing, and uh, the suit has added into that a lot. Because yeah. um, I, I was a I was fairy for uh, you know twenty two twenty three years before I tried a suit on. Yeah. I didn't think I would dig it that much, but it was once again it was like having that initial revelation all over again. Yeah. Because uh, I. I did the the furry float in the the Mardi Gras parade this year. Nice. Um, back back when you could be out amongst people in yeah. the before time, mm-hmm. um, and there is nothing that I would hate more than being on a truck having thousands of people watch me out of suit, but in suit I fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complete mindset change. So how does how does that uh, uh, like? Do you, is it just the do you get into the fursuit and then you know you get, trying to get intimate and then obviously you take it off or is <laughs> 
pardon my pardon my French, is there a flap uh, on either side <laughs> for these sort of activities to occur? I mean, the, the suits are, are modified differently, but generally there's um, zippers. Um, okay. S- uh, always, uh, a danger, always a danger. Yeah. So we're but... talking like a front and a back zipper. Uh, it it depends on the person, but yeah, front and front and back, uh, front and back personally. <laughs> um, some some makers won't make them like that. Like, like they're specifically mm-hmm. like this is like an artistry thing for me. Um, other people, other artists are pretty open about it and everything like that. And then there's you know subcontractors that will take uh, take what you have locally and modify them to, to suit for what you want as well. So basically uh, what you're saying is if you get your suit made in America in the southern states, there ain't no zippers. Um, <laughs> well, it really depends, but I think there are a couple of more famous suit makers from that area um, that are... Um, that are you still, uh, still yeah. believe it's artwork, you know, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yes. Not, yeah. Uh, not, uh, yeah. And how did Not... you initially introduce, like, like before the first suit? How did you introduce the uh, f- your first sonas into the, you know, if you've gone too far, just let me know. But how did you start to? In- is it a role play sort of action, or is it a, um, pre- like you know, both pretending or using your alternate alternate names? What what? Uh, how do you start to introduce that sort of stuff into, uh, into the bedroom? Um. You have a pretty good idea of um, this is once again this is me personally. You have a pretty good idea of sort of where the the lay of the land is before you get into bed. Um, there is um, role play involved and sort of I guess the normal sort of texty flirty chat thing that everyone does with you know people of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you so you know where you know who's who's interested in doing what and and how and everything like that. Um, uh, when I, most of us, perhaps, you know, I'd say the majority use um, furry names to refer to each other. Okay. Um, yeah, it's because um, that's that's the name you've chosen and that's the name you want to be represented by. It's your, you know, sort of idealized, uh, idealized persona, basically. Yeah. So it's yeah, I, I don't like calling people by their um, by their real names, if that makes sense. It's 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 something that always amuses me. If you get into a serious argument with a furry, you start using their real names. Like that's when shit's serious. It's like when your mum starts using your middle name. You know? Yeah, when when the old middle name gets dropped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that would be that'd be that'd be funny. Uh, okay, right. Does your family know that you're a furry? <laughs> uh, yes, but that wasn't my choosing. So. Right. So it's not like, you know, I'm assuming you're you being um, demisexual, you've sort of uh, maybe told them as well. Did it sort of happen all at the same time or was there different points in time that that, you know, the, did the first who come, the furry persona come after being telling them, telling them about the um, demisexuality? Well, the whole... The whole sexuality side of the furry for me was you know, the furry thing was there before puberty happened, so it it became twined with that. Obviously, like sexuality awoke, and um, the furriness was involved in that from from moment one. Like you know, I was furry way before I was you know having sexual thoughts or or anything like that. Um, it, it's I guess it's a little dark, but this is like a not atypical experience for people in the community but i was i was i was out of the house for um 
um, for a weekend with a um, with a friend, and uh, my parents had their suspicions that you know not all was as it seemed on the surface, um, and they went through my entire room and found my little stash of furry adult material, um, which look I'm going to say was well hidden. It was like taped inside a Manila folder, taped under like a false floor under a drawer so you had to take the drawer out like investigate the drawer and then the secrets were revealed so it was a pretty invasive personal search um and they had um they had a a pretty pretty awful shocking reaction to it like and i talk about how um you know how long i've been interested in furry um and um that doesn't make um being furry at that age any easier especially when you're discovering what you like sexually um and who you're attracted to and what you're attracted to there's a lot of um stumbling blocks in that procedure a lot of self-loathing um involved and they had a pretty thought non-religious people they had a very sort of stereotypical religious reaction to it so like i came home at the end of the well i didn't come home at the end of the weekend they rang me up and said uh, we've found what you've hidden in the drawer. Don't come home until we contact you, and we'll deal with it then. Jesus and then... Christ! Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it and... doesn't seem like I guess like for me growing up, looking at crap on the internet, to see that like you know guys jacking off to very porn is like it seems fine. Like I wouldn't really <laughs> like it seems pretty like yeah whatever. Like you know you're into that. That's that's pretty cool with me. Got to got to jerk off see, somehow. My... We've uh, we've interviewed some very uh, you know different people and and um, it's been it's been interesting for the fact that like my parents are pretty whatever like as long as you're not harming anyone what's the problem um, do what you do what you do and if you're not harming anyone great so because I sort of sit there and go well what's the what's the problem you're into fairies yeah um, cool. all right that's you know what I mean I mean maybe this is just my, me but um it's it's to me it's a bit of a tragedy that you couldn't have talked to your parents or you you, you sort of had to hide this the this part of your identity you didn't have that that ability to express yourself yeah the the, the sort of main shock I, I don't know there was a, a particularly um um well within the community at least renowned episode of csi at the time that uh, had a an episode featuring furries in it and my parents were watching it as I walked past. Like, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, seeing their reaction to it, and I was like, oh, this isn't good. I'm not going to say that that episode was particularly good in itself, how they handled and displayed things. It was a fairly negative portrayal. Um, but, like, seeing how they were responding to that content didn't, you know, didn't fill me with hope or encouragement. Um, mm. the, main, the main concern, I guess, that... Um, that parents have like I can understand the concern like not knowing about what your kid is getting into online um the 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 leap that they took was that it was bestiality zoophilia um which it isn't um it's hey I like animals that look like people that's my jam mm. um but the response was over the top and not helpful I wonder uh, how were... many young boys were turned into furries by watching Space Jam and seeing Lola Bunny. Like, I, I oh, can imagine a lot of boys were just going, the... I'm into that, I'm into that, <laughs> or, you know. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Jessica Rabbit in that. Yeah. 
Uh, yep, that's one of the main. It's one of the main sources, but you know. Amazing. And your parents were not religious at all. Like, there's no religious sort of undertones within the family or anything like that. It was just sort of like a negative, a, a 100% negative reaction to the fact that they thought it was the zoophilia, like, but le- leading into zoophilia and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely that. And when have you been able to talk to them more about what it is and and your interact inter uh, interactions with the community about it and what it actually does mean, or is that relationship still a bit skewed? Um, that relationship is is non-existent. Um, mm-hmm. The um, their their reaction was, um, you know, we're going to save you from yourself. This is um, you know something to be ashamed of. We can't let it continue. Um, and I was I was 18 by this point. I was I finished high school, was in uni, working part time. When I say part time, I was working 26 hours at a night job as well as studying full time. Um, I had my own car, but I had enforced bedtimes, wake up times. I had shower times enforced. They I had to ask them to log on to the computer and then again to go onto the internet. Um, and it, everything just sprung from there. <clears throat> and it um, and they they were like. If if any if you make any contact with these any of these people again, um, we're going to start showing your friends and members of the family what you're into. It was very much a a control mm, reaction, hostage situation there, like a you know, exactly far out. Exactly correct. Um, very very over the top. Yeah yeah. Um, and that that progression there was like if anyone you know and then because furries look after each other they care about each other and this happens from time to time someone will just vanish off you know vanish off the face of the internet i am as message boards all go quiet and fairies are pretty resourceful people like they'll you know and in the end they um they one of my good friends found my address and sent me a letter and because they were going through my mail they found the letter and they took that as a sign that um you're still in contact with these people um and it it ended in a um in an assault by my stepfather and that was the point where i was like i've got to get out um so i i left i came back that night to grab my clothes and uni books and things like that and they'd already changed the lock so i had to break into my own room to get my stuff through the uh, through the window and they just from from that point on, on it was um it was just it was because they couldn't have control they were just trying to destroy me. So they would um, stalk friends and family on Facebook. They hired private investigators to find out where I worked. So everywhere I work, new friends that I meet and introduce myself to, I have to prep them as saying, look, this might happen, um, particularly at work. Like this is, you know, I'm <clears throat> um, I'm gay. Here's the furry thing. This is what it's about. You may get... You know, my parents come in all guns blazing and try to shock you into firing me and things like that. You just got to be prepared to do it. And they have come into my workplace before. They have messaged like family, parents of my partners, um, and and tried to to get them all that way. Um, and then <clears throat> as I've, because I've moved moved to Sydney, um, I've been slowly reconnecting with some of the family, yeah. but it's it's a it's a bit of a minefield because I don't know what they've shown and said to them, but mm-hmm. it's been fantastic because in the sort of intervening 10 year period or so, um, everyone's kind of given them the bird and flipped them off for their own, um, their own volition anyway. Like they've sort of realized that, you know, 
they aren't particularly good or nice people. And the the kicker in it for me is um, the the thing that made my godparents stop um, stop communicating with them was um, I was before everything like um, before everything that happened with the assault and and when I left and everything like that. I was six days out from being grabbed off the street and sent to a conversion camp in the US. And by that by that time, um, by the time they 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 rung me to tell me, I'd already left and kind of gone to ground, so they couldn't get in contact with me. Fucking hell! <laughs> so I'm yeah, there's sitting here going, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. So we. Did you, so you left, do you call your fairy friend and say, you've got to sleep on your couch tonight? Um, um, I spent I spent a couple of weeks um, sleeping in my car. I finished off the semester at uni, then had to defer and start working. But um, what got me through that period was my, my fairy friends, the community. Like I was able to, you know, stay at their places and, you know, they'd feed me and, and everything like that. And everything that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm here because of the community um, and... I can't individually pay them back personally, but what I can do is sort of, you know, pay that forward karmically mm. speaking to to Mentor the to next them. generation, help the next generation yep. of fairies that may be in a similar situation. Exactly, and it's it's not an uncommon thing to have um, kids sort of struggling with their own identity and their orientation where they find where they find themselves, um, and have parents that are pretty uh, anti that procedure. My favourite, so um, teaching teaching at some at a university to some students. My favourite class is when we talk about sort of like sexual disorders, and there's a big thing about are they actual disorders or not, which we won't go into. But there's generally there's there's generally um uh, you know parents in there, and we mm -hmm. come across the line of saying, oh, well, there's um in there's sort of like this whole consent and informed consent and and mature minor. And parents absolutely hate it when we go, oh, yeah, a 12-year-old can walk into the doctor and ask to be on the pill and mum and dad, the doctor isn't going to tell mum and dad. And the parents go, what? And you go, well, that person's a mature minor. If the doctor deems them as a mature minor, that's it. Um, they can seek out treatment. And you just see, like, the, these. I see these parents' faces of, like, oh, my God, like, Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. I don't, I can't have control. And it's like, yeah, like, like you've got to build those relationships up and support one another because this is, this is what they're entitled to do. Very, anyway, slight tangent. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, you're correct there. You've got to sort of, you've got to embrace it, I guess. I mean, mm. it's scary. It's scary to say it, it, it must be nuts to be a parent and then just, you know, raise this child that you put everything into and then see them having their own individual thoughts and desires and then moving away from you naturally in that uh, in, in the maturing process. Is it like <clears> an <throat> even bigger jump leap that your, that your parents have done in your case? Because you were, it sounds like you were 18 at the time when they were doing, when they, you know, discovered the, the pornography and then made these leaps and assumptions about you and your personality and your friends and all that sort of stuff. That's that's I think that's for me the the hardest bullet to bite. Yeah, it's it's something that could have been it definitely could have been handled with communication. And this wasn't this wasn't at a point where I was confident in myself either. So to have this reaction, I, a big part of me thought, yeah, they're right. Um, well, what one eighteen year old is confident that you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, yeah, yeah I, I had my own struggles with um, self harm and and um, and a suicide, you know, a couple of decent suicide attempts. And um, like I, I did tell that to um, my mother, and and she just laughed because it seemed so inconceivable to her. Mm. Um, and that was my mother and I were very close. Like my father passed away in 92, 93 and we struggled through, you know, early nineties recession in Australia. She was working hard. I was a latchkey kid. I was getting myself to and from school, five, six years old, pretty independent cooking dinner and everything like that. And we were really close. And, um, when that all happened, um, it was really hard to let that go. But there comes a point where you just got to look after yourself <clears throat> yeah. Jeez, so much. Uh, yeah, to see that progression of yourself into the confidence that you've got today uh, is awesome to for us to talk. You know, to be able to talk to you confidently about these topics and about you know the fairy community. Like it sounds like it saved you from uh, a whole heap of trouble and has turned you. Oh, yeah, I, I can absolutely say that I wouldn't be here if I wasn't for the community, mm-hmm. and. You know, my, my story isn't atypical. There's lots of people out there who've had similar experiences and lots of people who have worse experiences. And sadly, a lot of people that still aren't with us. And it's it's interesting, like when we were talking just through, through Twitter, it was just like you almost you were trying to scope me out if I had the right intentions. And I hope that I hope that we feel like we are doing the right intentions because we want to, you know, this community, it seems like, you know, there's been very, like for yourself especially, it's been very positive. And it seems silly just to have such a negative stereotype on these sort of things. I mean, I, I think I told you on Twitter, we talked to a guy with the ABDL community. And after all of that sort of conversation, that felt very normal. All this sort of stuff here, it just sounds like it's a community of people that have similar interests that just want to hang out and drink a couple of beers and talk about crap that they do. Yeah, For me, that's, just, um... it sounds cool to me. I mean, that's what we do. Yeah, there's a um, there's a lot of insanely uh, intelligent people in the uh, in the fandom. Like mm. the internet would absolutely run into the ground if two or three furries, you know, switched themselves off for a day. You can any profession um, you will have furries at the the absolute echelons of the limits, like pilots, doctors, um, architects, city planners, um, financial percentage wise. What what is it? What, what what do you reckon it is? Um, who are pe- people who are into furry? Yeah, I'd say like of the of the the queer population, maybe ten to fifteen percent. Yeah. Um, you it's pretty it's pretty rare to find. Um, I would say pretty rare. It, it is the heterosexual furries are in the minority. Um, I, I wouldn't put a percentage on it or anything like that. Um, I wish, uh, I deeply wish there was more um, female involvement in the community um, and a bit more um, heterosexual involvement as well. But it is it is largely a safe space for people of, of, of queer nature. And why do you think that is? Why do you think there's been like a big uh, influx of, I guess, you know, uh, bi or gay or demisexual men that have joined this community rather than the heterosexuals or or women of of both of all of all uh, sexualities. Um, it's probably about just I'd say, you know, it's kind of like the Simpsons nuts and 
gum together at last. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're a heterosexual man, you can go out and do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. You don't have to worry about um, what other people might think about you, um, what other people might perceive of your actions. But, you know, if I, um, you know, roll out in the street in my fursuit and things like that, yeah. um, you know, you get you get second glances and when you tell people what you're into and if you leave them to discover the fandom on their own, that's where you can have the negative reactions like my yeah. parents have. It's it's very much a, a thing that um I, I don't know why there's why there'd be a there there is a definite link to, you know, people in the furry fandom being queer identifying in the first place, but I'm I don't I wouldn't really like to draw a conclusion about yeah. um why they are. I think they're probably people that at the least spend more time trying to decide and understand who they are. They're probably people more um, adept and prone to introspection and soul searching and trying to find ways to express themselves purely because um, like I, I'm, I'm a white, you know, 30, 30 year old dude. Like I can go out and present as a cis man and not have any discrimination. Mm. Um, but there's, you know, queer people of color who have to go out and put on a face and be presentable and you know women as well they have to behave by societal norms i don't have it i don't have it bad by any means at all mm. but you know if you're going to represent yourself as furry um you kind of got to figure out how you do it and how that meshes in between your normal work life and your private life when you're at home and your social life with your friends yeah. And with all this COVID stuff, I would say, like, you know, like in Australia, uh, with Victoria or anywhere, we've just been mandated to wear masks. Uh, if it does happen in New South Wales, wh- what's stopping you from wearing the mask everywhere? That that would that would be the perfect <laughs> time for me to introduce to the community. Um, hey, furries are actually not only super uh, fun, exciting people, but we're COVID safe. Um, there's been a little bit of... Talk about that actually, like if the heads are actually uh, <laughs> mask adjacent, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be a good, be good thing to try it out. But a lot of um, a lot of content creators in the community have actually been doing custom masks. They've been making like animal muzzle and more designs that they've been printing up with, um, you know, medical filters inside them. And people have been commissioning their own designs, and they've been having them printed and shipped all around the world for it. It's just another way that. Uh, the fandom itself has shown how creative uh, yeah. it is. There's some pretty awesome designs out there that yeah. meet just the, the plain surgical blue uh, masks. Oh, come on, they I love eyes. it. I love it when I love it when two things mesh together, like the boring <laughs> plain surgical masks. All right, and then you know we've, this is perfect timing, and now people can be creative. So that's an opportunity. I'm just waiting for you know those those big plastic face masks that they've got. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like shields, you know? Let's make them more creative. Well, the so, fairies, um, fairies are pretty good. The, this is where the fairies can come in. And, you know, parents will be all over this, buying these masks. <laughs> yeah. Kids have to wear masks. Kids want to be dinosaurs and stuff. This, this is this is the inn. Exactly. There's There seems to be a distinct age where it stops being acceptable. Like, you just expected to to drop the toys and and that's it and you see it in in animation as well like anim, animated movies have a, a, a stereotype a stigma of being kids things but um i don't i don't know if you've seen it or not but um one of the sort of the more mainstream fairy things has been creeping onto um 
the general population as B stars on Netflix. If you've watched that, no, that's yet. um yeah, it, it's it's worth a look. It's pretty um it's like adult anthropomorphic animation. So what? <clears> so like, do you put in the same that same sort of category like BoJack Horseman? Um, oh, BoJack Horseman, as a friend listening to this, will be. I, I'm quite against BoJack personally. Okay, I, I understand okay. it's <laughs> not for any anthro reasons, but I just think he's an asshole. Oh, yeah. And why would you spend why would you spend five seasons watching an asshole who doesn't grow? Like, I, there's same, plenty of assholes in real life. Like, ca- same reason why you watch Catcher in the Rye. So that way you yes, have. Yeah. Uh, so that's why. So you get in your head that you really do have to kill John Lennon. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's amusing whenever every now and again you'll get a uh, like a mainstream um furry production that will come through and then everyone everyone in the community guy goes oh good we've got a we've got a new propaganda device to to bring people into the community <laughs> so yeah. b stars and um there's another bna there's another one that's just come out but obviously zootopia as well that bought um that brought a lot of people into the fold let's <clears throat> say it's, it's amusing you get a you get a like a sort of a wave of new recruits that come in whenever like because obviously some people have the same experience that i have when um you sit there and, and look at how the characters like act, interact and move and animate and you just go that's pretty cool i want to be a part of that yeah. well turch had the same the same feeling you know he he saw me one night at the pub and went oh my god this is my podcast partner this is the man this is we- it we broadcasting opinions at, at large uh, in the pub. Yeah, <laughs> he always does. And the first time I met this gentleman, he had seven, uh, four sausages in his two hands and <laughs> he didn't share guy, one of them. <laughs> the guy you want to talk to, he knows what he's about. I think I'm out of questions. I, uh, oh, actually, no, I do have another question. I think, you know, just a little bit, um, I think that you said in our conversation that you've been to a uh, convention or you know a little bit about the conventions that are held for furries. Uh, when was the latest one that you went to and what sort of, other than the, the fun little games that everyone dresses up and plays, you know, tunnel ball and stuff, what happens at a convention for furries? Um, you have a wide variety of activities. I It's been, uh, it's been at least five years since I've been to anything. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's the whole segment like you have um you start off with the sort of the base like con events um you have different panels that talk about different hobbies and interests like you have excuse me you have uh, um a panel that um you might talk about like fursuit creation things like that um spirituality in the fandom what it means what it means to individual people there'll be um folks that are interested in cars motorfurs like i'm pretty into cars that's my that's my area of expertise, work, hobby, interest. Um, <clears throat> and then um, you have like dances, um, dinners, um, pub events. There, every furcon will have like a, a a fur walk that they'll organise with the city um, to do. Sometimes they shut down streets, like particularly in the United States, when they have enough people mm-hmm. um, doing these things, they'll they'll shut down and plan out routes and stuff. Um, every con will have a, a charity that they support where they um, raise a significant amount of money for usually like animal themed, yeah. like, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, not Peter because Peter's pretty Peter's anti-animals. Pretty yeah. We, we yeah. That's all yeah, right. Good, good. My partner's, my partner's, a, my partner's a dog groomer. 
So I get lots of dogs coming here all the time in, in the house and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, Peter's terrible. Like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's not support yep. them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you do have, um, you know, big parties and things like that. And there is, you know, sort of like any gathering of, um, you know, sort of young adult um, queer people, there will be drugs and sex involved. Um, that's not traditionally sanctioned or provided for by the con, but what people do in their own rooms is their own business. Mm. Um, and it basically, it's just, it's just like a big gathering of friends that yeah. you, um, you go to the third, the one at the gold coast is the main one in Australia yeah. at the moment. It sort of switches between places. A few years ago, it was convergence or Midfur in Melbourne. Um, but I'm, it's been quite a few years since I've been involved. Most people go to the big ones in the States yeah. in the States now. Well, they did in, in before and times. The comparison of people like, you know, how many people would go to one in the United States compared to like, you know, what was the, like the last Melbourne one? Uh, See, uh, I, and I'll just want to jump in for a second. Mm-hmm. I like scientific conferences that have about 100 to 150 people, right? They're good. You can get the, the drinks and the party. You know, it's nice and fun. The conferences that are like 2,000 people plus, forget about it. Forget about okay. it. Don't want to know anything about You'll it. probably not want to know anything about it then. Um, okay. 30, last, <laughs> 30 last year was approximately 800 people, yeah. which is a pretty big turnout for Australia. Yeah. And let me just look up um, one of the major US ones. I think that's like. Oh, I just looked up the like page. Two, 3, Every, people at, at something like that? Probably more. Wow. I'm just looking up the page. It says cancelled, which is a little bit depressing. 9,358 in 2019. Oh, Jesus. With 2,132 fursuiters. Wow. So that's. So that's yeah. 20, 20% of them. Rocking up in fursuits for the day of the the whole convention. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And you talked about drugs a little bit. Uh, is How prevalent is drug culture within uh, the furry uh, community in, in, in your experience? Um, I don't... I'm, I'm not particularly interested in it. I'm not anti it. It's yeah. just not my thing. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't mind a little bit of weed every now and again. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's about as exciting as I get. Um, it's there. It's not all pervasive. It's not aggressive or in your face. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's there. You can do it if you want to. I wouldn't say, I'd say it's, it's not a tiny minority, but it, it is probably a minority of the community that do it, but it's pretty what common. What you're saying except- is, is there's, there's more at Cherry Bar on a Saturday night. <laughs> more, probably uh, more, yeah, probably. Probably more, at a, <laughs> probably more at a gay bar rather than, uh, the fairy community. <laughs> well, it's um, it's probably a bit hard to do lines with a head on. That's true. <laughs> That's a very you're gonna have that nostril hose as well. It could be custom designed, custom designed in the suit. It probably there probably is. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Look, it has been an absolute pleasure. Well, there's only uh, one, there's only one more thing I want to ask. I want to ask is right that you've you've, you've been uh, Cadre, you've been absolutely fantastic, Vanted everything plus more that more than we could ever imagine but i would like to know from you yeah you know i I think you said you you know you talk to people and like some you know if you had to assign help us assign an animal for ourselves to be uh a furry to join this community to help us assimilate in (laughs) and choose an animal what animals would you try would you think to help us to go along with what would you assign us I couldn't do that. That's that's your choice. But the class, the classic way to do that is to sit someone down, 
um, and watch something like Zootopia and sort of nudge them halfway through. I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to Turch, you're a monkey. I'm assigning you a monkey. That's got to be racist at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I see this is the person with monkey first. I don't get it. Like, you're so close to people. Come on, shift further away. <laughs> Something high energy, but you got you got to you got to sit someone down and, and watch something anthropomorphic and just like quietly ask him, what animal would you be at, out of out of what's what's on screen there? That's mm. that's 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 the that's the, Kieran, the easy way to sort. Kieran, I'm looking at you. Some- I, I, I'm feeling like you're a duck. I, I'm feeling a duck. A duck. I'm feeling that. I, I thought you were gonna go pig. So no, I'm no, happy no, with- no. Come on, that's an easy <laughs> joke. <laughs> You want to avoid you want to avoid pig for 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 police likenesses. You want to go boar or something like that. But yeah. it's it's about what you want. People, some people base it off physicality, but it's about sort of identifying what you feel like. And I, I wouldn't be comfortable labeling you with something. Uh, but it seems like Tersh, you're like I'm. Feels like I'm preaching to the choir here. Like <laughs> you seem you're already halfway down that yellow brick road. Just keep going. Oh. Maybe I will. This is like the diaper thing. After the conversation, I was like, maybe, maybe I should try put on on a diaper. Then, uh, and I never I haven't yet, but I'm never gonna. Wait, remember, th- remember, there are cons. You don't have to get up to go to the toilet. I mean, there are pros. <laughs> you don't have to get up to go to the toilet. You well, can... I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, it's it's a bit of a faff to get in and out, like to get out of a suit and to go to the bathroom in See, the middle. I would need like, a zipper. I would need a zipper. Those two <laughs> So, but yeah, I think think that's your homework for next session is to to figure out what you are. And then we've got to look at getting some art. I mean, I mean, well, Cardre, thank you so much for coming on the show and discussing all these. It's been absolutely incredible. Is there anything you want to plug or if people like, you know, that you've done like artwork wise or whatever it is, or anything you'd like to plug to help other people potentially join the community that you're a part of or um, sites or discord servers or whatever it is that people can help and join this community um i guess there's there's been a fair amount of focus on the the black lives matter um movement Mm -hmm. um there's been a lot of artists and content creators in the community that do um charity streams to to direct funds to various um various charity streams both locally um for the for indigenous people and um obviously the um the whole dumpster fire that's america at the moment um and just there's there's so many (laughs) there's so many causes that are worthy to donate to and um it's just kind of you know trying to spread too little butter over too much bread to try and push and push for anything but personally um any anything lbgti themed and particularly at the moment anything to do with supporting black lives matter movement is is particularly important to me 100 uh, percent agree we definitely need to get kanye west in the in the white house oh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to end this call or do you want to start some shit here? <laughs> and with that i think we're going to wrap it up there kieran and cadre thank you so much for being on the show today I, I look. I just wanted to 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 once again just say thank you very much for coming on and 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 also sharing your, your personal story because you didn't have to do that. And I think if there's any, um, I guess if there's any uh, young kid, I don't think any young kids listen to this podcast <laughs> who who might be going down that that pathway. There, I think you've you've sort of said that there is hope and there is that community out there. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like sounds like they they you know they pay it forward as well, which is which is really nice and fantastic. So. 
um, th- that's really great. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, uh, very exciting. And for all of our, uh, for all the fans out there, for all your wanking needs, make sure you follow us on SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Sorry, our fans decided that they want to be called wankers. Long story short. Um, and if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, record it on your phone and email us at we only do one take podcast at gmail.com. Cadre, thank you or so much. Or record it on your podcasting studio equipment that you might have too. That's right. Uh, Cadre, thank you so much for being on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me. And we will see you next Thursday. <laughs>